Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 804 The Time, Hour 2 here on Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure's Christmas sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently 47 degrees. The sun is out, but we will see some clouds and possibly showers today with a high of 66 degrees. Wow, unseasonably warm. Tonight, partly cloudy. Few showers developing later during the night, low of around 43, and then we'll kick off the weekend. Your Saturday, considerable cloudiness with occasional rain showers and a high of 56 degrees. Coming up later on in the hour, Matt Dillon will join us for the Tiger basketball report. But that was fun, reminiscing a little bit. I had a lot of texts about um, the villains and about the wrestling days, and we were talking off air uh, about and I know there's there's several companies now that that run local wrestling. Uh, Dustin Starr is a great young man, and and he has wrestling on television. But you can't get away with the things that they got away with in this world of PC. There's just no way you could do that, and uh, that's why I don't think we'll we'll ever have it like we used to. Although obviously, I'm talking about on, on a local uh, a local uh, thing. But as far as the you know national and we're around the world. You know, there's still huge shows and WrestleMania and all that jazz. I'm not, I'm not uh, downplaying what that does for people. But as far as the local show, shows are concerned, I don't think you'll ever have it back to what it once was here in Memphis, which was incredible. Well, no, you're never gonna. I, even on, I, and on the national, I, I know there's people still watch wrestling, and I know it's still a big deal. I don't know, I don't watch anymore, so I don't know. Like when I watched it as a kid, like. So, I mean, like I was talking with John, like Piper's Pit with Roddy Roddy Piper was just like, it was just awesome stuff. Like, I remember that. And like, I don't know if it's, they still do those, the, the things like that. And, and certainly some of the stuff they can't get away with these days. But, but no, I mean, wrestling, wrestling when I was a kid, when Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant were having their wars, like it was, that was, that was great stuff. I had the figurines, all that stuff. Second hour of the program brought to you each and every day by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. And every Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis sports fact. Did you know the largest announced Memphis Tigers basketball crowd at FedEx Forum happened on December 22nd, 2007? Do you remember who the Tigers played? Uh, I, on 2007, I'm sure it was the one versus two. Tennessee? No. The largest announced crowd for the Tigers at FedEx Forum was Georgetown, 18,864 announced at that game. I don't know what they'll get tomorrow. I think it'll be a huge crowd. It better be a huge crowd. I don't know if they'll get to sellout status, but it is going to be a whiteout. I know that the staff has made the rounds this week. We had Jeff Crane on earlier this week. Andy Borman, of course, joins us every week. Tigers assistant coach Penny Hardaway's has been out and about. He had his press conference yesterday and talked about the significance of this game. He said, I just love these opportunities. And let's give credit where credit's due. They're getting these opportunities because of Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway reaching out to teams. Penny Hardaway's name goes a long way, and that's why they're able to play 
teams of this stature, power conferences in basketball, to be able to get these teams on a home-and-home and and not just neutral court games. But Penny Hardaway certainly is, is promoting the fact that they want a huge crowd for this game, and hopefully there will be. Clemson comes in 13th ranked in the nation. We'll talk more with Matt Dillon about the the matchup. P.J. Hall is a terrific player who will probably play in the NBA. And then, of course, Tuesday, you turn around and here comes this deliberate, slower style of the Virginia Cavaliers who have had a lot of success under Tony Bennett. Uh, Natty, they won, and a team that will certainly try to dictate their pace. And after that, you have a struggling Vanderbilt team, but an SEC team nonetheless that will come in on Saturday before Christmas, and then one more non-conference game against Austin P on the 30th before the new year and conference play. And this is a great opportunity for Memphis to add to their already good-looking resume. And I think a lot of the people I've spoken to, and I was on yesterday during my my segment that I have with um, Brett and Bryant on their show, Sports Time, I come on every Thursday, and we kind of came to the consensus that if the Tigers split the next two, and that's a win. Because it's even though they're home games, these are two ranked teams you're playing, and you're on the outside looking into the rankings right now. By Monday, if you win tomorrow, you may be ranked and should be ranked. But if you can win two, obviously, you're looking real good to be able to get a good seed. However, that conference play, again, comes, comes into everyone's minds. We're on that committee putting together the seeds as Memphis will go through the gauntlet, and I, I am kidding when I say that, of playing the East Carolinas, the UTSAs, the Rices in basketball. The only thing you have that you can get value out of is Florida Atlantic. So certainly this is the time to seize the opportunity. But I don't think a split kills you. Obviously you lose two games, it's detrimental. But if you can win the two, you're right down that avenue of of being out of those 7, 10, 8, 9 games and looking at, at six or more. Yeah, as long as you don't... I mean, again, if you if you end up... Um, Getting these two, the you know, when you add in, you know, Arkansas on a neutral court. Again, I still think Arkansas will have a good good season. Um, you throw in, you know, even Michigan on a neutral court. We'll see how their season ends up going. Obviously, they got a lot of issues going on right now with Jawan Howard and everything else that that's going on there. I don't know what their season will end up being, but the Texas A and M road win certainly is going to go a long way. So, um, yeah, I mean, two wins here, um, two two wins that. Very well, could both end up uh, being quad one wins, but even if they're not quad one, they're going to be they're they're always they're going to be looked at as good wins, no matter what, as the year goes along. Uh, good resume building wins, so um, certainly it's a great opportunity, and um, you want to take advantage of these opportunities, especially when they come on your home floor. Football news closer to home or close to home, I should say. Actually, at home, we have. The news from yesterday with Jacob Likes, the Tigers' junior center, announcing that he will forego his final season of eligibility to declare for the NFL draft. So that is another offensive lineman that Memphis will lose for next season. want to wish Jacob nothing but the best. He's a Christian Brothers High School uh, graduate, a really delightful young man, as are most of these guys. I mean, Davian Carter, I'm very happy for him. According to reports, he's going to end up at Texas Tech after transferring. But with McLean, Pounders, Carter, 
and now likes. This is pivotal. This is a time right now where, and I know they're working diligently over at the University of Memphis recruiting, that they have to find these offensive linemen. And this is going to be a recurring theme every single year. Not just at the offensive line position, at a number of positions. Quarterback, we know the quarterbacks leave left and right. Memphis has lucked out with having Seth Hennigan stay again for another season and not go into the portal. But with Lyman, we know that they're a commodity. And schools are willing to spend big money, NIL money, on Lyman that are even average. And so it is very tough to, con- to maintain consistency with Lyman. Defensive line, too, but especially the offensive line. Because if you don't have an offensive line going into the next season, it doesn't matter, matter that you have a fourth-year starting quarterback coming back. Because he's going to be drilled. He's going to be hit. He's going to be harassed. So now it is of utmost importance for Ryan Silverfield and his staff to find replacements. I think they have done a very good job in the portal. And that's with a limited amount of NIL. They're going to have to figure it out, NIL money. They're going to have to figure it out because they have to get these replacements for the offensive line. That is first and foremost. If they have the guys to protect for Seth Hennigan, to open up the holes for those running backs, Memphis could win this conference next year. That's a big if. Again, that offensive line is huge. So Likes going to give it a shot with the National Football League. And again, we know the commodity that is an offensive lineman. So I want to wish him very, very well in his strive to make it to the National Football League. Yeah, good for him. Uh, he's a Christian Brothers uh, kid who I got to call his games in high school and certainly an outstanding player. And I don't fault anybody, certainly, for wanting to do that. And plus, when it's, you know, his, his opportunity was an extra year because of COVID. And if you don't want to do that, I, a lot, not everybody wants to play college uh, football or college basketball for five or six years. They, some of them just want to move on and take that shot. And if it doesn't work out, move on with their life in some other way. Yesterday, I, I listened to Wolo after we wrapped up, and I'd asked you this question. I'm not sure if I asked you on the air. I think I asked you off the air about Hennigan. And it's interesting because Wolo had started talking about it as well. And then he brought up the possibility of a fifth year. And I said to you, I, is that even possible? Because he didn't start Hennigan until, what, 2021, right? 21, 22, 23, 24 will be his fourth year. So he started post-COVID. You don't get that. Do you get an extra year, even if you weren't affected by COVID? I mean, is that what we're doing now? I don't. I don't. They may have done it for two years where it didn't count. I. I, I thought. I thought the twenty-one year counted, but they they're they're very very well. I don't know. It's the NCAA. Uh, they very well could have given the two seasons where it didn't count. I don't remember for sure how they did that. I, I, I can't. Even, I thought the twenty-one season count. I thought it was only one year the tw- ethical 20 season that didn't count, but it, it they very well could have done two years where it didn't count. I can't even imagine the numbers, and again, this is a hypothetical. Who knows, one, if, he'd be, if he has that other year and if he would even want to use the other year. But the hypothetical, I look at the numbers, what his numbers would be projected. You talk about shattering records. He, with a huge game in the AutoZone Liberty Ball game, I think he needs 290 to tie 291 to eclipse Brady White's record for career passing yardage. 
He's a junior. He's coming back next year. He's going to obliterate all those records. If he had another year on top of that, and again, I'm not saying he does, and I don't even know if he would use it if he does, but those numbers would be so far out of reach for anybody in the future. It wouldn't be funny. How how much? How, how many numbers? The the record book you talk about rewritten. It would be absolutely rewritten from a quarterback standpoint. Yeah, Drew texted. He says only the 20 season didn't count. That's what I I thought was the case. So if, if that's the case, then this would be next year would be his last yeah, year. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I don't I don't think there's like every kid now is always going to get that extra year. It's just been crazy. It's the way it's been in in, in collegiate sports. And, and it coincides with name, image, likeness, the transfer portal to go along with the COVID and the COVID year, the, this ruling in Ohio that we had. Oh, by the way, now did they change their mind, mind now? Now you will actually be, you would use up a year of eligibility, correct? Yeah, the NCAA came out yesterday, which reversed what one of their spokespeople apparently said the day before, that the ruling, while the ruling says that they cannot use the, the NCAA cannot come down. They basically can't come back and penalize a team and say they used ineligible players or anything like that. They are now saying that because the, the ruling did not affect this, even though the NCAA had said, um, or, or somebody from the NCAA originally had said that even if, if you play these guys, it's not going to count as a year of eligibility. Right. Yesterday they came out and said, yes, it would be, they would lose a year of eligibility if they play in this window. And if the ruling is then reversed, Yes, the kids will lose a year of eligibility, which is just the the, the NCAA sometimes wishy washy makes some weird decisions. Like why? It, like they're almost like the wrestling heel. It's like they do things in order to try and get people not to like them. Like if there's a two week, if, okay, so what? If the ruling gets changed, and I know obviously they're fighting this thing, which is dumb. I don't know whatever, but you're fighting this thing, and it so. If in a two-week window, like the most these kids would be able to play would be like, what, three games? Four, I guess. Someone might have four mm-hmm. game opportunities. And then the ruling gets reversed. You're really going to come back and now say, nope, yep, you guys used up a year of eligibility. You played those those three games. They're going to consider while, it. While it was legal to play by the courts, but the court changed it. So tough break, guys, but. That's what you get. You should not. You should have listened to us in the first place. Like yeah, it's just it, so it's dumb. A, well, it's dumb. It, it's a bunch of BS. But what they're going to look at it as, as it's a loophole. They're taking advantage of this loophole. No, they're taking advantage of a court ruling. Well, first of all, it's dumb to begin with in college. But the fact that college football in college football you can play four games and still redshirt, mm-hmm. which is a third of your season, but in college basketball. As soon as you step on the floor one time, you cannot redshirt. Baseball is the same way, isn't it's, it? It's it's just dumb. Like mm-hmm. I don't even understand why in one sport you can play in redshirt, in other sports you can't play at all to redshirt. Like it, I agree. It, if you're one blanket thing over all the sports, if it's a third of the season in one sport, hell, it should be a third of the season in another. Like there has to be some leeway. Their their rules and stuff they do is just so dumb at times. Yeah, you know, we we have the fight for uh, equal rights for women, and we got Title IX to equal the playing field as far as the same amount of sports and opportunities for women, which is the way it should be. Well, I like when things are universal, and I like the rules to be the same. I know sports are different, but it doesn't make any sense that that is the rule. You're right. 
four games, you're allowed up to four games to maintain your red shirt in football. But in basketball, and I believe baseball, and maybe some other sports as well, I believe if you're playing one game, you're out there for a couple of seconds, you lose your red shirt. Makes no sense. One other college note from the world of football. Alabama has hired ex-Michigan assistant George Hilo to its coaching staff ahead of the college football semifinal matchup against the Wolverines. This guy served as Michigan's linebackers coach in 21 and 22 under current coach Jim Harbaugh. He and Michigan mutually parted ways in February, shortly after Michigan brought back Chris Partridge from Ole Miss to coach the linebackers. So he did not coach this season, but he has the history of having coached at Michigan under the leadership of Jim Harbaugh. Another shrewd move. I don't know if it makes any difference, but Nick Saban is always going to look at ways to get an edge, and he's bringing in a coach with the ties to Michigan. Yeah, and he will not be. He's not a... He's not a assistant he's, yes. coach. He's going right. to be an analyst or something. He's not going to be an on-field coach. But so don't know exactly what his role will be. But um, but enough to give him information. That's basically what he's brought in for. Like you said, he's not an on-field coach, but enough to have consultation with the coaching staff currently at Alabama to talk to him about the history while he was there at Michigan. He can. He might be able to enlighten them on Michigan's cheating tactics. Is Connor Stallions a possibility to be added to the Alabama staff? He's working with Missouri. Is he really? No. The whole Eli Drinkwitz interview, he said, Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. No way that happened. Pinnacle Roofing and Restoration for all your roofing and home repair needs. Call Brendan McCullough at 901-438-5084 or go online to newroofmemphis.com. They offer financing with different plans and options to choose from, including a 6, 12, or 18-month same-as-cash option. They'll work with your insurance company or out-of-pocket. Whatever it takes to get that roof fixed or to get that new roof. Because certainly as the winter is approaching, and actually, what, technically the 21st, I think? Right around the corner from the start of winter, although you wouldn't know it with 66 degrees today. It is going to get cold. Believe me, it happens. Every year, in fact. And when it's cold, and then you may have ice, and you may have snow, and you're going to have bad weather. And if you have an issue with your roof, it's only going to get worse. So nip it in the bud! As Andy Griffith would say, or is that Don Knotts? I think it was Don Knotts. Pinnacle does both residential and commercial roofing, so business owners and property managers, along with homeowners, if you have a leak or any other roofing issue, call Brandon today. They'll come out and do a free roof inspection. They're licensed, bonded, and insured, and a member of the Better Business Bureau. You get a five-year labor warranty on the purchase of a new roof and all their work, satisfaction guaranteed. They do work around the home, like carpentry work, exterior painting. They can replace gutters, put up fencing and siding, rotten wood repair, whatever you can't do yourself. Call the experts. Brandon is a certified shingle installer. So if you have shingles down, he can install them for you as well. Call Brandon, locally owned and operated company for all your roofing and home repair needs. 901-438-5084 or online at newroofmemphis.com. Matt Dillon is next for the Tiger Basketball Report. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Genuine diamonds, baby. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. 
Big round ball weekend in Memphis. Tonight, the Grizzlies entertain the Rockets, the return of Dylan Brooks. Tomorrow, the Memphis Tigers will play host to the 13th-ranked team in the nation, the Clemson Tigers in the all-feline affair, Tigers versus Tigers. And it's time now to talk to Matt Dillon. It's time to talk Tiger Hoops. It's the Tiger Basketball Report with Tigers radio analyst Matt Dillon. The Tiger Basketball Report is brought to you by Central Barbecue, La Guadalupana, Car Corner on Mount Moriah, Dave and Buster's, Coletta's, Ben Swanger Glass, and Los Cabos on Summer Avenue. Now, here's Matt Dillon with Greg and Eli. He is the professor, Matt Dillon, Tigers radio analyst. He's been part of the broadcast team whether it be tv or radio for years and years and years and has been with us for a number of years as well it's always great to talk tigers with the one and only matt Dillon. hey matt hey guys uh big week coming up a couple of games gonna be important oh gosh huge games of course the virginia <laughs> game coming up on tuesday but first things first and that's a battle with clemson but before we get to the actual matchup and get your analysis and thoughts on the game Obviously, some news this week and uh, potentially big news. It does appear it will happen. It's just a question of when. What are you hearing about Naquan Tomlin from Kansas State? And what do you know about Naquan Tomlin? Well, he's a solid player. He's been well-traveled, been around a couple of places. But, boy, he is a, a load inside, very uh, solid player. You're talking about a guy be a double-figure scorer, at least seven, eight rebounds a game. And uh, certainly uh, eligibility, they're kind of run him through there as quick as they can to get him ready to play. So it's funny, Greg, when you think about it, years ago, this wouldn't happen. And that's how much the transfer rules have changed in mm-hmm. college basketball. He'd have to sit out if he goes somewhere else. Now, boy, you can – you know, the, the women years ago did that when they first started. You could transfer like a semester and play somewhere else. But now it seems like uh, the transfer rules have been loosened and now a couple of players have, you know, they got an injunction – so they can play. So it's interesting. It's in the courts now. This is amazing how this stuff has changed. But he's a, a real quality player. Uh, certainly some things happened to him at, at Kansas State. Uh, the coaching staff obviously didn't want him to go, and the president of the university made a decision to uh, you know cut him loose in the basketball program and certainly a guy that can step right in and, and be a role that can really uh, help the Tigers uh, – offensively inside and rebounding as well. Matt, what did you think were the keys to the win at Texas A&M? Well, honestly, when you look at Texas A&M, and when I was studying them, really, Eli, they don't have any shooters on that team. Uh, And I think that's one of the things that happened. They were going to take the scores out, and they did. Uh, Obviously, you know, uh, the two guards are are certainly great players. You know, I mean, uh, Taylor and Radford are good. I don't think Radford was 100%, but neither of those guys are dead-eye shooters, and certainly Coleman is the other guy inside that scores for them. But they're an inside-oriented team. You look at their, their three-point statistics, and actually their field goal percentage is not that good. They took both of those guys out of the game, and they got them sped up. And that is something that Texas A&M does not like to do, is play fast. The Tigers got them up and down, and I felt pretty good when they got them going up and down. And, and of course, Jones just set the pace early, and he got him out of sync. They didn't know how to guard him. They never really stopped him in the first half. He got off to a great start, gave the Tigers a, a, a really a, a nice start that got the crowd out of the game because that's a roaring place. They've got a lot of songs, and they sway and all that kind of stuff, and everything else took them out of the game. And then, and then the second half, 
And I, I told Wallow on our broadcast that I think Quinterly is going to be the key down the stretch to this game. And he just took over in the second half at point guard position. He dominated their guards. Those two guys set the tone uh, to beat Texas A&M. Very good basketball team defensively. Not a great team offensively. The Tigers' game plan was perfect against uh, the style they play. Where did that one rank as far as big-time road wins? Well, it's a big one, no question, considering the circumstances, you know, the net ranking, and they were ranked in, in the top 20. Uh, obviously the best win of the year to me, and I, and I made a comment to, to Dave as well that I thought this was the Tigers' best game considering where they played, the circumstances, and everything else. But there's been a lot of Greg, over the years as long as I've been around. But, but certainly I, for this season, uh, that's one of the big ones because now you hope that Texas A&M will go on and be good in the SEC. We'll see. Uh, how their their season will go, but uh, it's up there with, with the nice one because now it sets you up coming home to play these two games uh, against two very good basketball teams in, in less than a week. So, uh, yeah, I think it's up there, uh, one of the solid road wins and one of the best ones, I think, in the Penny Hardaway era, no question about it. Yeah, of course, the first against a ranked team on the road since the Houston win a couple of years ago, which was huge, beating right, number six Houston. Mm-hmm. No question. The Tiger Basketball Report is brought to you by Central Barbecue, Ben Swanger Glass, La Guadalapana, Car Corner on Mount Mariah, Dave and Buster's, Coletta's, and Los Cabos on Summer Avenue. You talk about the fact that Texas A&M does not have shooters. Clemson does. Clemson's one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. Uh, they've got some outstanding shooters. They've got some outstanding players. Um, as you look at this matchup, you know, again, it's a different team than what Texas A&M was. How do you, what do you got to do against Clemson? Well, I'll tell you one thing, you, you're going to have to stop a three-point line. There's no question about it. And the thing that's really interesting about it, you know, Hall is a heck of a player. There's no question about it. He's third in the league in scoring in the Atlantic Coast Conference. But this guy steps out 40%. He laughs in three-point range. So he presents a certain matchup problem for you. You're going to have to probably use multiple guys and just go at him and try to deny him the ball because he's probably going to score his fourth in field goal percentage in their league as well. Certainly you have to stop him. But the problem you have uh, against those two guys inside, because the other guy, uh, Shefflin, is another guy that's about 6'8 or 6'9, almost nine points a game. He goes out and can pop threes. Mm -hmm. He's not a guy that takes a bunch of them. He's 62% right now from three. So what happens is both those guys can go out on the perimeter, and that's a challenge because when you switch and you get smaller players on these guys, they're both shooting great uh, field goal percentage. Uh, uh, Shefflin's at 55% on the year. So you got to stop and try to deny them the ball. And switching is going to be very, very important in this game. And matching up off screens. If you go under, you got to worry about them going up and, and taking the three. If you go over, they're going to run the pick and roll on you back inside. So uh, getting them out of sync, turning the ball over, and not letting them get in their offense with these two guys certainly will be uh, a big thing. And then you got another Gerard, another guard out front. He's 15.1 points per game. Another guy that's a 44% three-point shooter. So, obviously, back in transition, Eli, getting back to the spots where the three-point shooters go, you must set up the wall and be ready on the perimeter because if you don't, this team can really wear you out from the three-point line. Yeah, you certainly hope this is not a closely called game because I could see – where the Tigers could get into foul trouble. They're obviously not deep at the big position because Tomlin is not eligible yet. 
and Jordan Brown is AWOL, uh, more than likely not going to play again. So how would you set up the defense, or how do you think Penny will set up the defense in a man-to-man? We know that Penny does not go to the zone often. So with Jordan, who's more of the versatile uh, big as opposed to Malco, do you think they would put Jordan on P.J. Hall? How do you think they would line it up? Well, they're going to be forced to at times. I mean, I mean, now, two things. Can Malco play a tremendous amount of time in this game? Now, I mean, that, that's the thing about it. I mean, you know, 15 to 20 minutes is is good for him. I mean, with foul problems or, or whatever, you know, you don't know how, you know, his knees are going to be sometimes. I mean, you just have to hope he's going to be able to go now. That's going to be a tough matchup for him. There's not only one guy, there's two guys inside that, that are pretty tough. Uh, I think it's going to be a problem. You can put Jordan. The thing about him, he's a little quicker. He's not as big, but if he can take on. And he took on Coleman really effectively the other day. You're going to play some zone defense on him. You're going to press him. You're going to get him out of the rhythm. They don't turn the ball over very much. That's one of the big keys, I think, the pressure and the press that the Tigers can put on him. If they can make them turn the ball over, it's going to get them out of sync. But if they get into a rhythm, mm-hmm. guys, I mean, they give up, you know, you know, not a lot of turnover-wise, only 10 a game. They don't turn it over very much, but right. their assist ratio is very good, 17 assists a game. So it shows you if they get into a groove and get comfortable, they're going to be very hard to defend. This team can certainly put up points on the board, almost 77 a game. And uh, you got to turn them over. You're going to switch defenses. You're going to put different players on them. And, again, uh, you got a couple of good guards out front. Chase Hunter, not a scorer, but a great guy that, that distributes the basketball for him. they got two guys in a top 15 assist turnover ratio in their league. So they're a complete team. And they play a lot of guys. They'll go nine to ten guys a deep. And then not a lot of minutes, some of them 14, 15, but gives you just enough off that bench to give them a blow where you can put the big guys back in. So, uh, that's going to be a challenge as well, but you got to get down, dig down on defense, and deny those guards, and that's certainly going to be a challenge. Nobody this year has been able really to do that to them. It is not a great matchup for Memphis, except that Memphis has the better athletes. Uh, there's no question that Clemson doesn't make a lot of mistakes, so it's going to be hard to turn them over. But I would hope that Penny would go to the zone. Because that's the way to protect some of these players from getting into foul trouble. I, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of looking at the matchups in my head here, and I'm just thinking that Dandridge is going to have to either d up Hall or Shefflin, and they'll take them outside. It's it's not a great matchup there. And if Jordan gets into foul trouble, who's after him? Jonathan Pierre. I, I know you can use Walton to help out because he's tall, but I would think Walton will try to shut down their one shooter on the perimeter, whether it's Gerard, who's only 6'2", but I think that could be some. Or Caleb Mills will come off the bench and do that. I just don't like the big matchup, and that's what worries me, Matt. Well, you're right, and, and another guy you're forgetting is Chauncey Wiggins. He's yes. 6'10", so right. he's got three guys on, on that front line. That presents a real matchup problem for you as well, and he's capable of scoring. He can go out and, and capable at times of hitting threes as well, so this is a very difficult matchup defensively for the Tigers. I think they're going to have to turn them over, Greg, to be honest with you. If they do not turn the ball over, it's going to be a very, very hard team to defend. But they're going to use some zone. They're going to have to mix it up, no question. The press is going to be very important, I think, against this team. Make Clemson uncomfortable. Make them get in a rhythm they don't like. But because they're a team that's got a lot of veteran players on there, there's grad students or seniors on here. The Syracuse transfer they got, and Gerard is really a good player. 
so they've been through the wars before, and uh, this team is uh, right now clicking on all cylinders offensively. They're and they're a good defensive team too. I mean, they've got rim yes, protection with PJ Hall. They got they they block a lot of shots. Um, you know, they're yeah, top second in the league, right? Yeah, they're top thirty offensive efficiency in the nation. They're top thirty defensive efficiency too. So. You know, you always have to be able to hit threes in today's basketball. But you know, we've seen the Tigers in a couple of their games, especially the losses where they've struggled from three point range. With their rim protection, you're going to need to knock down some threes in this game. Well, you're going to have to get some, no question about it. And again, you got to go outside, and this is where Quinterly will make a complete difference. So he's got to recognize to get the Tigers in their set, get the ball to the guy that's going in. And Jones certainly is going to need to have a a nice game. I don't know if you can depend on every time out. Uh, playing like he did in the first half. Of course, he's National Player of the Week, and uh, 29 points, what an effort by him in that first half. But the start is going to be very interesting here. The crowd needs to get into it. They're going to need this team to be backed. Uh, Quinterly needs another game. He had 24-5 down at, at Texas A&M, which is a, a thing that you almost kind of expect out of him with his experience as well. Caleb Mills had a nice game. I think he could be the X factor in this thing. You know, he can step out and do some things from three-point range as well. So these guys are going to have to hit some threes. There's no question about it to loosen up that defense. And if they can get Hall in foul trouble, I certainly would be a, another bonus. And he plays uh, almost 29 minutes a game, so mm-hmm. he's a guy that stays in there a lot. Uh, they're a club that probably won't get rattled. They're, uh, again, a veteran team, like I said. Uh, Brownell's a coach, been there 14 years, and probably done better at Clemson than anybody else I can remember. You know, in recent history, and uh, this is a big game for them as well. They're trying to go out and prove on the road they can beat a team like the Tigers uh, on their home court. So, should be very exciting. Jones has led the Tigers in scoring six of the last seven games. If he yep. doesn't have a big offensive game, they have no prayer to win this game. He has to go off. So, to answer your question, yeah, Jones has to do what he does. But you're absolutely right about Quinterly. You're absolutely right about Caleb Mills. They all have to play great games to have an opportunity to beat this Clemson team because I think if they are on from the outside, as Eli said, and hit some threes, they have the athletes to beat Clemson. They can run them up and down the court, but if they are off shooting the ball from the outside, it is going to be a long day. It's going to be a big challenge. Of course, Matt will be on the radio call. I'll be on the uh, call on ESPN+. Plus. Matt, it's going to be fun, and I then, then you turn around and it's Virginia on Tuesday night, so <laughs> the hits just keep on coming. Matt, I appreciate it, man. We'll see you over there tomorrow. All right, guys, should be an exciting uh, time, and boy, a big week for the Tigers at home, no doubt about it. He is Matt Dillon, Tigers basketball reporter, or basketball analyst, I should say, and it's the Tigers basketball report. Brought to you by Los Cabos on Summer Avenue, Coletta's, Dave & Buster's, Car Corner on Mount Moriah, Ben Swinger Glass, Central Barbecue, and La Guadalupana. Guns, guns, guns. That's what you're going to find when it comes to classic arms of Memphis. You'll find everything you can imagine in the world of guns, from the guns themselves to ammo and any other things that you need for those guns. Well, folks at Classic Arms have you taken care of home defense guns, hunting guns, big guns, little guns, whatever it is. They've got it. They buy, they sell, they trade. They've got new guns, they've got used guns, and they've got all the different brand names at Classic Arms that you can check out. They also do uh, free gun inspections. They do free gun appraisals. They've got the guaranteed lowest price in town. They're the only gun importer here in the Mid-South. That's all at Classic Arms. ClassicArmsOfMemphis.com. That's the website. 
on the website, you can shop 24-7. But you can also go see them at Classic Arms. That's at 1740 Germantown Parkway, right there behind Corky's Barbecue, that little shopping center behind Corky's Barbecue there on Germantown Parkway in Cordova. Jay and his gang over there at Classic Arms will take good care of you. Over 700 firearms in stock at Classic Arms. Got a little baseball news when we return. Plus, we'll open up the phone lines to you, 901-360-8255. Thoughts on Dylan Brooks' return tonight as the Rockets take on the Grizzlies at FedEx Forum and thoughts on the Tigers and Clemson. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Little Major League Baseball news, of course, the, the big news is obviously the signing of Shohei Otani by the Dodgers. But the Dodgers, needing some pitching help, according to reports are acquiring Tyler Glasnow from the Tampa Bay Rays, as well as outfielder Manuel Margot. Uh, they will get from the Dodgers Ryan Pepio, a right-handed pitcher and outfielder Johnny DeLuca. Now, this is contingent upon Glasnow signing an extension with Los Angeles, which is expected. The Dodgers are single-handedly trying to ruin the Cubs' offseason plans. <laughs> I don't like this. Shohei never expected to get. But Glasnow was supposed to be a Cub, and now the Dodgers have decided that they're going to... Uh, the Dodgers are just going to try and acquire basically every one of the best players available. They're going to... Until they put together a complete all-star team, they will not be satisfied. Um, I just... Ugh, I hate the Dodgers. Do we use the term... And I, I know it happens, but do we use the term buy a championship... With any other sport than baseball? I know in, in the NBA, we talk about the big threes and guys getting together and playing for the same team, in essence, trying to buy a championship. But in baseball is when we actually use that terminology. We say buy a championship. The Florida Marlins bought a championship, then they sold everybody, then they bought a championship, then they sold everybody. The Dodgers are trying to do what the Yankees try to do every year, what they try to do, what some other teams try to do, buy a championship. Shohei Otani was officially introduced to the Los Angeles media. Of course, the L.A. media included uh, everybody in the world from Japan who covers Shohei Otani. And I didn't see it. I didn't read about it. But I do know one thing from that, that Joe Kelly tweeted out that he will be giving Shohei Otani his number 17. He said, look, I wouldn't just give it to anybody, but this guy's a future Hall of Famer. However, um, he's going to get something in return. In fact, he said it will be... Uh, a lot of things in return. Don't know. He didn't say exactly what it is, but uh, yeah, he will. He will be paid handsomely. Not sure if it'll be cash money, but uh, whatever it is, Shohei uh, and Joe Kelly have struck up a deal. Shohei could just give him one of his deferment payments. <laughs> exactly. See, I got you in uh, twenty fifty two, Joe. The um, well, the thing that in every other sport there are 
rules put in place to, well, obviously the salary caps to prevent this, but also giving it like in the NBA, you give advantages to teams to be able to play, pay their own players more money than other teams can pay them. So right. it gives you the opportunity to keep guys. Baseball has none of that. I mean, other than as long as if you're willing to pay the tax, there is nothing preventing you from putting together whatever payroll you want to put together. And so teams like the Dodgers, uh, there is nothing really other teams. There's no advantage at all for any other team uh, to try and keep a player or do anything to prevent the Dodgers from getting any player um, like there is in other sports. So in other sports, it's hard to just go out and buy a championship. In baseball, um, you can make that effort quite easily. Just keep on paying more money to whoever it is that becomes available. And, and the Dodgers like this is a trade. Like you have to, the Dodgers have done a great job through the years of also keeping enough young guys in their farm system so that when they need to make a trade for one of these guys, mm -hmm. they're able to do it. But the Glass Now deal is uh, dependent on him signing an extension with the team. Um, if And I'm sure that will get done today because, again, the Dodgers will... Yeah, Passons reporting it'll happen. Yeah. Pay him whatever he wants. They would have... They wouldn't have done the trade if they weren't going to pay mm -hmm. him what he wants in order to get the extension done. So it's um, it just that's the way baseball is. It's always been and always probably will be. And so teams like the Yankees and Dodgers will continue to spend, spend, spend and do it whatever they can to try and win. We also found out a couple of things about Shohei Otani. Number one, that the San Francisco Giants had offered basically the same type of deal. Another West Coast team, as I said, I, I always thought he was staying on the West Coast. But in his contract, Shohei Otani can actually opt out if there's a couple of player, there's a couple of people that are listed, including the general manager. And is it the owner? If like the they sold the team, that he could opt out of that contract. Yeah, I mean, uh, manager's not listed. Dave Roberts isn't listed, no. but the GM is. The um. See, and the, and the the whole Shohei Otani contract is another, like, to have no rules, basic, I mean, they, the slight rules, it, it does count as 40, whatever, 43, 45 the, million yeah. against, as far as tax purposes and all right. that stuff go. But the idea that a team can defer $68 million a year of a contract is just lunacy. Right. Like that's that. You're, it's they, like un, having a credit card's unlimited. They, right? sh they should have, like, there's gotta be some rules. Like you, I, I just don't, I, it amazes me. There should be only a certain percentage of a contract that could be deferred. And, but baseball does it. And, and that actually was a player's thing. The players apparently were the ones that wanted it this way. They did not want anything. So they're in the collective bargaining agreement. That was a player's thing. But I, I mean, for the, and again, the, the Dodgers have to put money away. And so it does end up costing them about 40, whatever, $45 million a year, but still on a $70 million contract, and you only have to pay theoretically 45 million of it a year and only 45 million of it. It's going to count towards tax purposes and all that stuff. Like that's, that's ridiculous. But the rules I think would be altered if every year the Yankees or the Dodgers or a couple others won. Now, Texas spent some money and they ended up winning the World Series. You had Arizona in the World Series last year. Come on. So even though there's these high payrolls and these teams spending a lot of money and then there's the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Oakland A's, I'm not saying that they're really 
that competitive, but there are teams that surprise every year, and that's why baseball is very interesting because I think if those teams, Yankees, Mets, Dodgers, you know who they are, won every single year, they would probably alter the rules. Well, if you're ready for a new Silverado, folks, i got the place for you. All-Star Chevrolet, just terrific people to deal with. All-Star Chevy is in Olive Branch. It's a short drive from anywhere. They have financing down to 1.9 or up to 10000 in cash. Are you kidding me? Plus, make no payment for 90 days. And your good credit deserves that, right? You could go down there and check out all the red tag deals they have on the Tahoes, the Equinox, the Trailblazers. Families love the Traverse. They got that third row seat. You can fit a lot of people in there. So you can do much more together as a family. Christmas holiday trips. What are you doing New Year's Eve? What are you driving? Military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers. You get an extra $500 bonus when you deal with All-Star Chevrolet. If you want a certified pre-owned Chevy or any pre-owned, All-Star has them for you. And if it's not there, you can't find it on the lot, just ask Jeff. They will find it for you, I guarantee you. Kevin and Jeff and everyone at All-Star Chevy, they asked me on their behalf to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, Bartlett, or Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Find new roads to All-Star Chevy today or go to allstarautogroup.com. Coming up in Hour 3, we open up things with Brandon Lang. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.